Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today it is game day against Matthew Kachuk's future team. But first, we must discuss the epidemic of racism in hockey. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great day today so far. Um, Like I said, my name is Jess Belmosto. I am in charge of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations team, as well as covering the NHL for years now. So it's uh, kind of fun. Thank you for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts for free, and you can watch for free on YouTube, and uh, that's free 99, so come join us. So um, I don't even know where to start with this, because this is just an ongoing conversation that we have had so many times that is so frustrating to the point where... It's unbelievable that this is still happening in the league. There is no place for racism in hockey or anywhere, obviously, and we need to do better. There have been multiple episodes in the last 10 days across the AHL and ECHL uh, where there have been racist gestures made towards uh, Black players. And this past weekend, uh, Jordan Subban, who is... PK's younger brother um, was playing a game and uh, went to, you know, fight a player. And then it's unbelievable. Uh, It's caught on video too. So it's not like this is just speculation, but at the 22nd mark of the video, you can see um, the instigator. I, I don't know what to call him because I don't feel like uh, giving his name, but, uh, you know, he made the gesture that could be insinuated uh, to be a monkey. Some people are saying it's the tough guy pose that Tom Wilson did, but from my point of view, um, this was a racial, racially motivated gesture, especially because his wrists move. Um, and I'm not, I, I can't even like believe I have to say this and like discuss this on the podcast. It's disgusting. But um, he made the gestures of a, of a monkey towards a black man, which is just absolutely pathetic, absolutely disgusting. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to compare it to the Tom Wilson, like, oh, I'm a tough guy thing. But like, Wilson's wrists didn't move when he was doing that gesture um but the player released a statement and a video and then Andrew Shaw chimed in and it's just been an absolute mess it's been disgusting it has been so frustrating to see people try to defend and you know innocent till proven guilty there's literally video footage of this change has to happen in hockey uh quite honestly I think that I don't understand why there isn't a zero tolerance policy implemented, probably because 
There's a reason why there is not a domestic violence policy implemented across the league uh, because they know that it's going to happen and they, um, you know, birds of a feather flock together sort of thing. But um, if you call a player a slur, you should be out. You make a gesture, see you later. Tweeting really insensitive, racist, Islamophobic things. Buy, I go get in line, go back to college, finish your degree, and find somewhere else to work because you are not welcome in professional sports. And we've talked about inequalities through the throughout the league and the world on this show multiple times. And I don't know how many more times I can say it's not a white person's job to accept the apology that is not made for them or towards them. Um, <laughs> it's just disgusting. People are, I, I, like, I don't know how much more, like, we've talked about this ad nauseum and how frustrating and disgusting racism is, and yet it's still happening. People are still making excuses saying, oh, this isn't part of hockey culture. But P.K. Subban spoke to the media yesterday and had a lot to say. And I'll share the uh, full nine-minute interview on Twitter. But he said his family doesn't want pity. No one showed us pity when we were five years old experiencing this on the ice, 10 years old, through juniors, or any of it. And, you know, he's not someone who jumps on Twitter or his platform to call out every single incident. But this one, he even said, he's like, if he didn't have the name Subban on the back of his jersey, would we still be talking about this today, on Monday, even though it just happened? And he also just talks about how deeply rooted this is, because he, you know, like he said, he experiences all the time growing up, and he talks about, you know, my heart breaks for the kids that look like me, and experience this, and it just doesn't get brought to light. And, you know, for people to say, oh, this isn't a hockey culture thing, like, this happens so rarely. There were two incidents within 10 days of each other. I'm sorry. That's just, like, what? And then the crowd, if you listen to the video, you can hear people in the crowd chanting a slur. Like, I don't understand how you can say this isn't part of hockey culture when it is a constant thing that we are talking about and we have to, you know, bring out the soapboxes. We are past the point of listening and learning, learning and listening, because, you know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance has said their piece. Black players have said their piece. It is not their job to say that's racist, don't do that. It's on, you know, their their peers to say, stop doing that. Like, this, like how harmful it is. And I, I don't understand how many times we can talk about it because it's not up to a white person or anyone who isn't black to, justi- to try to justify or explain away what happened. It's not our job to accept the apology. You need to just start calling it out and putting your foot down. Just, it's unacceptable. And just cut the crap. Like, I don't know how much, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could go on for hours and just talk about how awful people are in this uh, hockey community. Uh, you know, there's definitely good people, but when you have to shine light on the bad, it's easy to talk about all the bad things. Uh, to wrap up this segment, I'm, I'm going to tell you to be better. Be better. Donate to Black Girl Hockey Club if you can afford to. Donate to P.K. Subban's charity. He mentions it in the interview. And do your part in being a better person who does not align yourself with racism in any way. And I, I like don't even have to segue this to an ad break because it's just so frustrating. But I guess coming up next, we're going to talk about the Flames losing to the Oilers and why we need to stop overreacting after one regular season loss. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar that will get you through your days when you are hungry and needing fuel. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar that is dipped in 100% chocolate and it is delicious. It doesn't taste like a protein bar. It tastes like you're chowing down on a normal candy bar that, uh, you know, is unhealthy, but you're fueling your body with fiber, protein, healthy carbs, not a lot of carbs. Um, it's keto friendly. You know, I don't know how much more you can ask for in a protein bar, but they have a wide variety of flavors and they oftentimes have their limited time flavors that you can get when you go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 for 15% off of your order at built.com promo code locked 15. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames. Make sure that you are following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. The amount of people that have been overreacting to Saturday night's loss against the Oilers is so unnecessary. And I feel like it was as if people were pushing like that nuclear weapon nuclear missile code in like the white house and they're like we got to do it it's time to you know time to blow it up like relax like it's you don't have to hit the panic button there's no need for it and i'm just gonna say this i we went into this talking about how the oilers could easily pull off a win and the only reason they did win was because their goaltender that they complain all the time about blocked like hey he faced 47 shots and blocked 44 of them or saved 44 of them rather like their goaltending was red hot and the flames just had a strong first period and then said it's fine flames outshot the oilers 47 to 31 flames could have had 11 goals the flames could have had 11 goals if any other goaltender was in net any other goaltender would have let up five, six, seven goals, the way that this team was shooting them. And, you know, goals um, in the first period came from Milan Lucic and Matthew Kachuk. You know, like, that that gets your game going. That gets you fired up. And then Noah Hannafin had a goal. And then two of Edmonton's five goals came on special teams. The Flames' power um, – sorry, penalty kill has to be stronger – Stuff happens. I get it. Especially like when you have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, your power play merchants out there. 
you're going to let up a goal. It's going to happen, but you can't make it a habit. It needs to just be nipped in the bud and we need to move on. Okay. We just got to move on, shake it off, breathe and move on, move on to the next opponent. And there's no, no reason to be pressing the panic button. Okay. Again, there is still so much hockey that needs to, that is left uh, to be played. Like, we're not to the all-star break yet. It's okay. And there's, it's, it's a January night game against a division rival. Yes, you want to win those. But why people are, why, like, people are acting as if, like, the Flames season is over because they lost this game. Like, this eliminates them from playoff contention of any sorts. And it's just, like, can you breathe? Like, I genuinely need these players, or sorry, these Twitter fingers to take a deep breath and breathe. And the Flames did charity work. Could Do I expect more out of their top six? Yes. Mainly am I talking about that second line? Of course I am. I want to see them do a little bit more of offensive production. I want to see goals. I want to see them playmaking and I talk about it more in the next segment, but come on, it, it's it's time to get it together. It's unnecessary to just, you know, cry about this team losing a game and then not want more for them and then say things like, oh, I don't think they need to make any moves at the deadline. Like, that's so counterproductive and I've just, this that's my gripe with Flames Twitter today. And <laughs> like... The Flames just underestimated an opponent that has been struggling for weeks and there's no need to hit the panic button. I don't know how many times I'm going to say it. The season is not over. There's a little over half of the season left. Take a deep breath. Log off of Twitter. Read a book. I'd tell you to touch grass, but it's probably covered in snow like it is here. But there are so many things (laughs) that will be, you know, contributing to success of, like, the remainder of the season. And I don't think we'll look back on this game at the end of the season and say, wow, you know, if only the Flames had won that game, things would be so much different. No, it's not. And you know what? Leon Dreisaitl scored two goals on you in the third period. Like, what are you supposed to do? You, like, you can't. <laughs> there are players who who can defend him and whatnot, but, like, not the Flames, apparently. Not, not Saturday night. And I just, I hope that things obviously change in that aspect, especially where you're going to have to play them a little bit more this season. But... It's not the end of the world. Connor, I don't think Connor McDavid scored. I don't think he scored. So at least he did that right. And the the fact that the Flames had almost 50 shots on goal is absurd. Like, why don't people like focus on the positive? Your goaltender looked fantastic. You had a strong first period. Your secondary scoring came in clutch. And your offense was booming. 47 shots. Like, that 
That do you remember when the Canucks had like forty shots on goal in the first period one game last year? Do you remember that? I I truly was traumatized by that game. I think a lot of us were kind of like, oh my god, am I? Do I still want to cover this team after watching that? And the team has come wavelengths, miles, more than miles. I I don't know worlds in comparison to what we saw from them there. And yes, a loss is tough, but think of how far this team has come since Daryl Sutter has come to take over and just how far certain players have come since this season has started. Okay. I think that that is very important to remember and reflect on. Yes, it's so much easier to see the negative, but there's a lot of things that we can be proud of and, you know, pat the team on the back for instead of losing our minds. So, again, there's a little over a half a season left. Let's breathe. Reconvene tonight at Puck Drop. It's that easy. And do you know what else is easy? using BetOnlineAG to bet on your favorite sports teams. Head on over to BetOnlineAG today to check out their newly redesigned website. And you can use your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your computer, whatever you decide to place your bets. And they have everything you need down to live updates, props, lines, whatever it is you need in order to bet on your favorite teams. So, Head on over to BetOnlineAG today, sign up for your free account, make that first deposit, and use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You know, it. you can bet on your favorite games. They have Vegas casino games. They have reality TV, politics, you name it. And they're offering you a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up, make that first deposit, and use promo code LOCKEDON. The St. Louis Blues roll into town today as they are red hot, winning six of their last seven, and why I think the Flames can beat them. I hate this team so much. I hate the Blues. They give me so many reasons to hate this team, and someday down the line, when they sign Matthew Kachuk for his homecoming, I will loathe them even more. But because they beat my Bruins in the 2019, um, I almost said Winter Classic. Nope. Nope. Uh, Stanley Cup Final. Uh, I, I just hate them. And then they out, they said, hey, Tory Crew, we're going to take you. No. But, uh, you know, they're playing the second half of a back-to-back after playing Vancouver Sunday. And like I mentioned, they have won six of their last seven. I didn't realize that they were second in the Central Division, um, right behind Colorado. So, they're doing all right. They're doing okay. The Flames staff has Tarasenko as a player to watch. And do you guys remember over the summer when Tarasenko was like, I don't trust this team, this team, and this medical team. Um, They've botched, like, two of my surgeries, and I'll never be the same. So, we all thought he was going to you know, also be on trade watch and um, sit out until he was traded. No, this man has a 13-game point streak and had a multi-point game against the Canucks. So, (laughs) yeah, you should be watching him. He is one of 
my favorite players to watch because of just how like nasty he is. And I, I, I'm scared. Maybe they should just like bench him for tonight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They would never do that. But <laughs> Jordan Bennington is more than likely going to get the start tonight. And he has not played in nine days. He is 11, eight and three on the season with a 906 save percentage and a goals against average uh, above three. And from the highlights that I have seen, this this is what fills me with joy. The highlights that I have seen of Bennington are so bad. Like the goals that he has allowed, and I like I watch them and I'm like, I I think I could stop those. And that's not like me saying, oh, I'm so much better than him, but he makes David Riddick look like a Vesna Trophy winner. And we used to cry about Riddick letting in, like, soft rebounds or goals, like, these super soft goals. Bennington just runs a clinic on that, and it's really embarrassing. Like, I get secondhand embarrassment from watching it. Like, why would you? They put all of their eggs in one basket with that man after they won the Stanley Cup. Have him. He's gross but the flames have to find their footing again one loss is a lot easier to bounce back from than four in a row and i think that uh the flames need to just just win i think they need to win <laughs> i think they need to, uh, to score more goals than their opponent obviously but i think that a key factor to winning this game will be andrew mangiapani and i just i want to see more out of him He's been shooting the puck a decent amount and, you know, playing good defense. But I think he needs to really push himself to score the goals. And I, I know he can do it. We all know he can do it. Very capable of doing so. And him having one point in his last five games really tells me that it's time. Like, he's due and I think that he's one of the players that can make a difference when it comes to these close games because I, he is he gives me this vibe that he is very uh, very competitive. All these hockey players are, but he he wants to be that clutch player. He wants to be that guy, and I think that letting him, you know, I mean, I'm playing Jordan Bennington for God's sake. I, I think. A mannequin could score on him. But, you know, I think that he'll have a good game. I think it's time to, uh, you know, time for him to step it up again, especially if he wants to keep playing on the second line. He has kind of, you know, found himself there because there aren't many other options. But uh, I'm sure Daryl Sutter would love to give Brett Ritchie some top six minutes. We know that that's what's going to happen if Mangiapane continues to flicker down some more. Um, speaking of flames to watch, um, my flame of the day is Mahogany Vanilla from uh, White Barn. The notes on this candle are warm vanilla, bergamot, and sweet sandalwood. This is one that I got from uh, work. So that's my flame of the day alongside Andrew Mangiapane. But puck drops at... 7 p.m. 
please be friendly out there on the ice. If you are going to the game, have fun, be safe. I would tell you to eat chicken tenders, but um, those restrictions are still in place. So, again, players to watch, Mangiapane and Tarasenko. Uh, have fun if you're going. Please heckle Jordan Bennington. Um, just... I don't know. I'm so defeated from that first segment and having to talk about how how deeply racism runs rampant in this league. Uh, it's just, it, it takes a lot out of you. So thank you all so much for tuning in today to Locked on Flames. And I will happily catch you tomorrow. And hopefully we can talk about a Flames 